Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan and it's time for Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers in the company of two top comedians this evening. The delightfully funny Lewis Schaefer and the delightfully handsome Leo Kirst. Oh, boo. Gentlemen. (laughs) I want to be the handsome one. What do you think? You are the handsome one. You know what? If I can't be funny, at least I'll be handsome. You're going to... You, t- you can take both. You look distinguished. Yes. Like, you look like a, a disgraced mayor of an American town. You know, at least I was once a mayor. Like, uh, like the guy was, ha- you know what it is? When they say somebody is distinguished, that means you're, you're distinguished from someone who's young. It probably is. <laughs> uh, yes, well, you, you are, you are uh, outstandingly talented. Uh, you're uh, a very, very uh, charming man and attractive, uh, Leo. Neither of you are, are good people, but uh, <laughs> that will become apparent in the next 60 minutes. Uh, let's have a look at tomorrow's front pages, and we will start with the Daily Mail. And this story is quite something. Groping Tory was too drunk to speak. Downing Street was last night braced for fresh allegations about the behaviour of Boris Johnson's former deputy chief whip. In a dramatic change of heart, the PM yesterday suspended the whip from Chris Pincher, unfortunate surname, as new details emerged of his drunken night of shame at London's Carlton Club on Wednesday. A night to forget for Mr Pincher, it seems. The Daily Telegraph next. Holiday chaos as airlines axe more flights and number 10 warned groping MP may be a liability. And also Jacob Rees-Mogg bans woke training courses. Another thing to like about the uh, Minister for Brexit opportunities. The Independent next. Watson pushes through to the fourth round. Uh, Brit hopeful Heather Watson celebrates a steely win on court number one yesterday making her best progress at Wimbledon to date. PM promoted Groper despite conduct warning is the other story on the front page of The Independent. The Guardian next. Questions for Johnson as Tory whip is suspended. And at last, Heather Watson breaks through to a second week at Wimbledon. Some much needed good news for the country, I think you'll agree. The FT weekend, air travellers face years of rising fares, warns Ryanair's Michael O'Leary. Flying has become too cheap. Fuel and staff costs are hitting hard. And there is anger over what he calls the Brexit effect. The Times next. Sex pest Tory faces fresh claim by activist. And turn up the volume. The Grammy Award winner Adele took to the stage in Hyde Park last night for one of two live concerts, her first in the UK since 2017. The Daily Express now. It's a promise you will enjoy a hassle-free summer holiday, say the Daily Express. Well, here's her hoping. The other headlines seem to contradict that message. Clever Queen reigns on Sturgeon's parade. That's a column by good friend of GB News, Carol Malone. And PM's bold plan, buy dream home and pass on mortgage. Revolutionary plan allows a 50-year family mortgage to be shared by generations, and it has received the backing of the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. And last but not least, the star. 
Bird heading home to Gateshead found 4,000 miles away in Alabama. Nab him, jab him, tab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now. And those are your front pages. That story will have you spitting feathers. Now, firstly, The Independent and Boris Johnson is embroiled in another sleaze scandal, Leo. I know it's only been about a week since the last one, but, uh, yeah, Chris Pincher, uh, who, who stood, stood down uh, yesterday uh, following groping, drunkenly groping two men in the, in the Commons Bar, apparently. Oh, not the Commons Bar, a, a private uh, members club. Um, so, yeah, basically, he's... Uh, it's re like, Boris is coming under fire because uh, he had appointed Chris Pincher uh, despite, you know, eyebrows being raised over his drink problem and previous allegations. And uh, also, also his name. I mean, just surely by nominative determinism, you don't want to get put somebody like uh, Chris Pincher in a position where he could actually pinch someone. Well, that's right. I do believe that uh, Boris Johnson rejected the services of, uh, of a guy called Barry Shagger MP for, uh, for Home Secretary. Probably quite a good move. Yeah, yeah. But, what a, a rare moment of uh, good judgment by Boris. But yeah, so uh, Chris Pincher has been a long-time ally of Johnson. He, he led the sort of uh, the um, restructuring thing to, to get rid of uh, enemies of Boris. Um, and uh, also Boris, I mean, he might be keen to—he might have been keen to sort of brush us under the carpet to avoid a potential by-election because those haven't gone so well for him in recent weeks. Yeah. How can you call this sleaze? It's just a guy getting drunk. That's <laughs> that's British. That's British people do. And if if a Tory can't get drunk and touch touch another guy. Who can get Well, drunk? you've, as a comedian, worked some of the toughest rooms in the country. And yeah. Groping is, I, I would imagine, a big feature of your comedy performances. Well, groping is, is like lunging. Is like, it's not exactly a fun thing, but it could be, if it's, it depends on how it's perceived, basically. It's an unwanted pass. If men can't even hit on other men, I can understand how men can't hit on women nowadays, okay? Because they're like girls. But, but... You should be able to hit on a guy, and because a guy will just say, "Come on, you know, I'll see, you, I'll speak to you later about this." Well, I mean, I, I wonder whether we're at, at risk, though, of of trivialising what could have been quite a serious assault. I mean, if if these men in question you have, you have think made Lewis a complaint, possibly trivialising it there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, well, I, sure. I was trivialising. Yeah, because I think I trivialise it. It's if, if somebody touches you and says, "Hey, listen, I like you. You're good looking." First of all. At my age, I would appreciate it. Yeah. You know? And also, Im imagine You've been fear. single for a while and it was a long lockdown, wasn't it? It was, it was painful, really. It was painful. I was with a, was with, was with a woman. I'll get you <laughs> membership to this club. <laughs> you can get down there and see what happens. <laughs> you get, you, I'll get you hooked up with uh, old, old uh, Chris Pincher and uh, Barry Shagger. You know, have an yeah. evening with them. I mean, look, the bottom line is the political implications for this are serious for the PM because... And you used a key word there, Lewis. It's perception, Leo, isn't it? A perception of a prime minister that's not in control of his troops yeah. and a culture of sleaze. Well, perception's an interesting word because that suggests that it's, it's all a mirage and actually there's no sleaze and uh, we're just imagining it. No, I mean, there's lots of... It seems to be a lot of sleaze. I mean, Dominic Cummings uh, even said... And I, I, I trust... I trust Dominic Cummings... <laughs> By the way, that's another, completely another unfortunate unbalanced. Yeah, Dominic Cummings. I trust Dominic Cummings to have a completely unbalanced uh, view. He says, uh, I've said for many times, uh, for many years, the political parties select four, four sexual deviants, not four as in the number four, uh, for sexual deviants, incompetent narcissists, sociopaths, it's a feature, not a bug. 
when you sit in reshuffle meetings, it's normally like this, pervert, under investigation by National Crime Agency, but doesn't know it. Drunk, sex pest, sex pest, dodgy donors. Yes, she's okay, but she's useless. Moron, moron, he's okay. Sex pest, she's actually good. Dodge pot. No, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. That, that, those are the minutes from a GB News editorial meeting. I don't know how they crept out. Well, can uh, I just, can I just add? Yeah, look, no, look, no yes, one, can you say, say more to undermine these terrible crimes? Yeah, no wonder that British politics is so sexualized when the dude is called a whip. That's his job, is to whip people. All right. Okay. It's quite, it's quite, it's, <laughs> no, I, you raise a point. It, it's quite S&M, isn't it? It is S&M, and no one knows what that means, to whip. What does take away the whip? Take away somebody's whip. Or bring, the, a, bring the whip in. You would give somebody the whip. You wouldn't... Right. Bring, bring the whip in, especially if you're, if you're trapped in a loveless marriage. I thought that would be more interesting. I, I, think, I think it works. Yeah. I think it worked. Uh, look, it's all about opinions. Let's get to yours on this next story, The Telegraph. And it seems COVID is making a comeback, Lewis. Where's it your mask? A, it isn't making a comeback. And this is, you know what, I, didn't, I don't even want to discuss this story. This, is the most, this is, goes in the file of totally boring, unnecessary stories. Say, I shouldn't say that because you're here sitting here discussing it, but people like, what, what it is is, it's in the Telegraph, it says that around 2.3 million people in the UK now have COVID, right? What, whatever that means. What does it mean, have COVID? Are you, in, are you in a hospital? Are you coughing yourself to death? You're not. Yeah, you're not. You're not. And it's up more, it's up by 32% from the previous week. Okay, so maybe it's even maybe it's up even fifty. So more people have got a mild cold. More people have got a mild cold, which is really the flu, which we can't call it the flu. And the, the death, the, the, what matters is how many people are dying of this, and we don't know because they're dying with it or of it, they're yeah. around it. But even those numbers are, are way down on where we were a few months ago. They're way down. Twenty people a a, a day according to the ONS statistics, are dying. Which is very sad, but as you said, that's yeah. with or from COVID. Well, we, don't, we don't know those people, so they not might not be, and might we, not be we, we didn't seem to uh, make the calculation. No one got the memo that before yeah. the pandemic, people very sadly died every day. They died. We seemed to be, we were unaware of that, weren't we? Yeah, I well, thought lockdown made us all immortal, so nobody would ever die again. Yeah, and the vaccine should appa Apparently, died. if you stay inside, right next to the fridge, watching Netflix all day, it bestows you with incredible health qualities. Yeah. And we don't now have an epidemic of obesity in schools and, no and, and in workplaces. Well, it's lucky Lewis is carb-free. <laughs> but yeah. there's, uh, yeah, now, now people, there's mental health issues as well. Correct. And, of course, economic destruction. I mean, Leo, I agree with... Lewis, that in terms of this discussion about COVID, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. In other words, we reflect this story because it's in the papers, but we don't want to talk about it because the media, in my view, have oversold the threat of COVID for two years anyway, uh, with frenzied calls for lockdowns from most of the main TV channels yeah. and some of the papers as well. And I feel like when I read these stories, here we go again. You've got influential TV presenters getting COVID, doing viral videos saying, oh God, if you're vulnerable, you better stay home. Mm -hmm. uh, this particular presenter made a joke saying sort of lock up your daughters or something. A Freudian slip, I think. <laughs> Who was this? Jeremy Vine. Oh, really? Yeah, a colleague and friend yeah. and God godfather to two of my children. But <laughs> uh, we go skiing together every year and he's a very good kisser. But um, no, the bottom line is, you know, that, and I've got no problem with, well, he's a great broadcaster. But it wasn't unwanted. But, but I, 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 I reject, and I actually tweeted about it during the week, can we have a ban on people announcing on Twitter that they've got COVID because it feels like the subtext of that is we need measures again. Yes, and it's also a bit of attention seeking because you get, ooh, but you know you're not, you know no one's very few. 
who knows who's got. You know what? If, if the death rate, if the mortality rate goes up by 25%, that's only f- five extra people dying. But also, I mean, can I say, but unfortunately, I'm quite hardcore on this one, Leo, but notwithstanding the numbers now, we're done. Uh, the economy has been devastated by the COVID measures, this attempt mm. to control a seasonal respiratory virus, which in my view has, has failed. Uh, there's no noticeable difference on, on graphs between countries that locked down hard and those that didn't. Um, I, I, I'm literally, I, I'm just, I'm over COVID. What? For me, it's like, if, if cases go up, what are we going to do? Borrow another 100, 200 billion pounds? Mm. Shall we have 20% inflation? Shall we damage more kids, close more schools? Mm. Where does this end? Well, the next story, final half, is about that. So Boris Johnson has refused to definitively rule out more COVID restrictions because uh, virus cases and hospital admissions uh, appear to be rising. But I say appear because they look like they've, they've trebled. COVID admissions have trebled, trebled over the past month to 1,200 a day. But this has to be seen uh, in the context of uh, only a fraction of these are actually ill with COVID. The vast majority of them, they're, they're, they're saying they're hospital admissions with COVID, which makes you think somebody's getting COVID, you know, coughing and spluttering, falling over. Somebody phones an ambulance, they, they get rushed in. No, they're going in with, you know, a sprained ankle or, you know, um, temporary amnesia or whatever it is. And then uh, get, they, they run the COVID test because it's a hospital, so you've got to do a COVID and test. Two million people and have got, out, and too many people, too many and it, people have got COVID. And it turns, yeah. out, it turns out they've got COVID, but it's not actually the thing that's, uh, that's making them ill, but, but also, but also the, Leo, the deaths are also very low. Leo Kuss, uh, stand-up comedian and man about town, here's the point. Um, even if cases rise, uh, you know, what more are we going to do? I mean, are we seriously countenancing future lockdowns? or mask mandates, will the public swallow that? I don't think they will. Well, this is the thing. I mean, if it merges with the bubonic plague, you know, the bubonic plague goes airborne instead of transmitted by gerbils, then yeah, we'll lock down. But this is just, at the moment, the, the death rate is the same as se- seasonal flu. And obviously that's bad. Yeah, but you see, know. if I was prime but minister, I would- we don't I would, lock down. I, we don't of, lock down for seasonal flu. Uh, Leo, I'm, and, and Lewis, I'm sick of politicians saying, well, we'll just keep these emergency powers in, in case they're needed. If I was Prime Minister, I'd be like, no, take these powers away. Uh, I I will, uh, as Prime Minister, not inflict any further damage on the country. Well, they want want to keep the powers. You know how it is. uh, Once you get a power, you don't want to give it away. Yeah, like uh, income tax was temporary 200 years ago. Yeah, every every single tax, every single imposition was was temporary. Taking your shoes off at the airport back in 2001 was temporary. Uh, Marriage was temporary. Yours was. (laughs) Mine was. And uh, can so, I just say her loss, though? No, no, no. The more <laughs> the old, the longer it's taken. I've got, I've got. Anyway, the point is, listen. Uh, you I don't look not, well. Have you got COVID? You know what? I'm about to cough. <laughs> <laughs> I interrupted you, but what were you going to say? I mean, it, do you do you think second time round? No, it's not second time round, is it? Fourth or fifth time round? Do you think the the public will put up with any future scaremongering when it comes to the yes, virus? Yes, I do. I, I never underestimate the stupidity of uh, of the public, whatever country you're in. Even in America, my country, the greatest country in the world, people people are watching this. Except for the lived pe- in Peckham, ex- and those people also. I hate to say it. Everybody I'm, I'm, you meet, everybody. I think it's time for you to accept that Britain is your country. It is my country. Pledge allegiance to the Union no, Jack. No, I'm not going to. At least I want, <laughs> I want to be somewhat distant from the place. Oh, well, let's talk about, because Britain is a beautiful country, but let's talk about uh, Turkey 
Saturday's independent, a terrorist who is jailed in Turkey, could come to the UK within days, Leo. Yes, a jihadist accused of being part of the so-called Islamic State terror cell known as the Beatles could reportedly return to the UK within days. Unfortunately, uh, too late to, to headline Glastonbury. <laughs> but he's called uh, Ain, Ain Davis. Uh, he was jailed in Turkey in 2017 for terrorism offences after going over to, to Syria to fight for Islamic State. Uh, but he's going to be deported back to the UK where he could go free. So he could be roaming the streets, uh, you know, possibly, you know, decolonizing more people's heads from their bodies. And uh, it could be it could be awful. So, you know, they're saying they might put a tag on him. Uh, they might be able to, to lock him up somehow. A tag? A tag. I mean, a tag. How reassuring. Is it going to restrict his uh, sword hand? <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this is slightly worrying. So, yeah, he left to fight, fight in Syria. What's interesting now is, uh, so he's uh, British born, I believe. So, so the UK is now uh, an exporter of terrorists. Terrorists used to come to Britain yeah. to commit terrorist atrocities. Now we're making them. We're making is. them here. Which is uh, is that is that pro, is that is, is that a victory for British uh, manufacturing? I can't well, didn't tell. He, didn't he say? Didn't he? He was asked by his, the uh, the mother of the man that he was killed. What was the man's last words? Yeah. And mm. what did he say? Please make this quick. Please make this quick. So the dude, this killer, couldn't even lie to the mother and say his last words were, I love my mother, give her my regards. Yeah. Just to make her life a little bit better. Truly, yeah. truly shocking. And um, in interestingly, I mean, you know, some of the, not to, you know, cast aspersions upon uh, people crossing the channel, but Salomon Abadie, who uh, committed the awful uh, Manchester Arena attack, uh, he was rescued by the, by the Royal Navy and brought to the to the UK. So it puts into perspective the fact that some people are getting in uh, across across the channel. Some people are coming to the UK not to become good British citizens, but with, you know, nefarious intent. Uh, let's uh, continue on that theme of nefarious intent, shall we? The Times next. A snap election, Leo, this year? Oop. Are we? What do you reckon? Oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, autumn, October 2022? Yes, yeah, so Boris Johnson has ruled out the possibility of a snap election after weeks of speculation. Uh, so, you know, the Conservatives are trailing Labour in the polls and have suffered a series of by-election defeats. Well, it was just a couple. Um, so he was asked uh, if it was ridiculous to, to call a, a general election. He said, totally. Which, uh, which, yeah, I mean, it is. It is ridiculous for... He, he, needs, he needs a sort of big win. I hate to sound like Alan Partridge, but he, yeah. he needs a big win. He's had a lot of uh, a lot of losses, and uh, the only thing that's going well for him is going to Ukraine and getting photographed next to Zelensky. Everything else is going quite badly. I, I love him for his support for Ukraine, but you know the the other stuff. He needs to get control of the party uh, and start behaving like a conservative party. What well, do that you would think? Do you think Boris can pull it out of the fire? He's yeah. done. He's done it before. I mean, I don't. He's, he's one person. He's quite mercurial. I don't think you can ever properly write him off. Uh, whereas Gordon Brown. Uh, was only ever one, you know, one failure away from being out on his bottom. Theresa made the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Lewis, what's great about the British political system is that you can have snap elections. That doesn't happen in America. No, it doesn't. It's like let's surprise the guy. We'll just have an election. Whoop, we'll have an election. Whoa, we just won the election. What the what the <laughs> hell just happened? I, th I think I think the British system is one of the worst systems I've ever seen. <laughs> really, it's it, it. First of all, Boris Johnson was wasn't elected by people. People are walking around thinking he was elected by people. He was chosen by a small group of people. Well, they elect the party. party. They elect the party. They're not. But, a he's not a president. Yeah, but what exactly? He's not a president. And America 
came from the British people, who's, this country actually, I'm going to say this off the record, is the greatest country in the world. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that because it's my whole, whole act is like, is like putting you people down. But it, it is. But, but the fact is you created America. And the American system is so perfect with checks and balances and, <laughs> and, a, and a presidential system with an elected this and elected that and an appointed, God bless America. Hey, you know what? You take a look, like, like with the story you said before of the, um, of, the, of the groper, who are those people who are politicians in this country? In order to be a politician, you basically have to suck up to the political party. And you're basically a creepy creeper to do that, and that's the difference. In America, American people take their own money and get elected, and, he, and here. In America, Boris Johnson, I think, would be a more celebrated figure because in America, they love success. Um, Boris Johnson is a serial winner. So he achieved two victories in London as mayor in a yeah. very, very left-wing, labor-dominated city, a red city. And of course, he uh, defied the political odds to win in December 2019 yeah. with ex-Labour voters for the first time in generations backing the Tories. Uh, so in America, I think he'd still be a heroic figure. In Britain, he's received a lot of negative attention. But what does your gut tell you? Does this guy fight the next election and does he win? I think like, like uh, Leo Stephen. says, like Leo says, like Leo uh, says you, can't, you can't rule, you can't rule him out. Yeah. Basically, I mean, he did. He did the most amazing job of stealing the bi the free bicycles, basically, <laughs> in the street from. Yeah, and Starmer, obviously, his, his opposition at the moment could be ruled out quite quickly. So if Durham police come back and decide that you know he did break the lockdown rules, Starmer's already said, if, I, if there's any lockdown rules broken, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Whereas Boris cleverly yeah. refused to go. <laughs> it's, it's not that cleverly. It's that Starmer is an idiot for saying that. Why should the police decide who's gonna be the next prime minister? Welcome back to Headliners with me, Mark Dolan, a first look at tomorrow's papers. Uh, still with me, reacting to the big stories from tomorrow's papers, the brilliant comedians, Lewis Schaefer and Leo Kurse. Well, let's have a look now at The Independent and um, some good news, but not as many people are, are dying as possible, but it's a mixed picture, isn't it? Tell me more. Oh, my God. It's, it's according to The Independent and the ONS, which is the Office of National Statistics. They're constantly putting out death figures and things like that. The mortality rates in England and Wales, which for the people overseas, that's yeah. basically England and Wales. It's basically Britain. Is There's been a slight decrease in 2021. Of course, there's a slight decrease in, in the people who died, who died, period. And yeah. Which, in theory, you know, like so what happened last year, of course, it's going to be a slight decrease. It's only been the biggest epidemic in the history of the world, which didn't kill anybody, very few people. And there was a very slight uptick in the number of people who died the, the year before, 2020. Mm -hmm. And I've gone over the records, and the records basically show that, that, that there's been no blip in the number of deaths in 2000, a slight increase. Well, does, does this speak to a colossal overreaction to the virus. Here's the problem with this show, okay? I agree with you totally. You can tell me as well. I agree. I, have, I, got, I got some theories on this as well. All right, point. so you're gonna go your theory, but I agree with you totally. I think this is the biggest overreaction. There was- I A mean, nasty virus, which killed too many people. We can agree on that. Yes, it did. 
It did. They, you know what it was? It was like it was a, it was a very and you don't hate to call it a flu because it's not the flu. They don't call it the flu. It's basically the flu. Okay, and I knew this was going to happen, and now I'm so. I just can we call it a nasty flu? And you can call it a nasty flu, which kills old people. The thing about this country is, no, very few people died for the previous 17 years. It had been an unbelievably long run of people who should have died because they were old and they didn't die. The death rates were very low, mm. and and then they've they've snuck back up because all those people who. Sh- should have well, it is. It's, it's a term, not my term. It's a term used by medics, and it's called dry tinder. Unfortunately, it's not a very yeah, delicate right. term, but it's the idea that that those who would sadly have been weeks or months away from losing their lives perished early yeah. in the pandemic. Dry, dry tinder also describes their dating lives. <laughs> Probably does. That could be a new app, couldn't it? For hmm. so the uh, <laughs> dry discerning for, for the older people. How, how far away is Lewis Schaefer from jumping on dry tinder and seeing for, what's out there? For people who need a bit of lubrication. Actually, I've checked Leo and he's still wet. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, it's an all, it's my all meat diet. Your, I, think, your, your I think the thing is, is that the average uh, mortality, right, is, is about, uh, is 990, people, 997 deaths, 990 deaths per 100,000 in 2021. And it was down from the peak of 1,048 in 2020. So that's about a 5%, 6, 7% drop in one year, which isn't really that major for an epidemic. I know, you know what it is, we shouldn't, I shouldn't talk like this because there are people who've lost their lives and they believe the COVID. Well, they can't hear you. They're not, probably not. Look, it's tragic and there are people who are younger who got COVID, were hospitalized and, and died. The prime minister almost lost his life. It's a wretched, appalling virus, highly transmissible, yeah. Leo. Uh, but just you wonder now whether the the measures to tackle this virus were very expensive and which I, I believe will will bake in future death for generations. Yeah, because an the impoverished... NHS, NHS won't, have, won't have funding for, for other other things. The government's going to be pay, uh, paying back all the money it borrowed. Yeah, um, yeah and the, the economy, I mean, when the economy suffers, you know, people die from not being able to afford heating. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being able to afford nutritious food. So, you know, when the economy suffers, people think, oh, you're putting greed, you're putting profit and greed before lives. No, profit and greed is lives. You know, we've become a, a rich country and we're sort of now retracting and becoming less of a rich But also something that I felt during, during the pandemic is, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the, obviously the, the desire to preserve life, although I, I believe that that backfired with lockdowns, but, you know, we can debate that. Uh, but what about just the damaged lives? All the misery, Leah? Yeah. The misery, or the people who've had who had marriages break. Yeah, up. people they didn't die, or they didn't get seriously ill, but as you say, they yeah. split from their partner, or they just got depressed. Right, and they will eventually die. I'm, I'm surprised the numbers aren't really this, that this much. This is the most depressing episode of headliners <laughs> I've ever been on. Well, there are this positives. Is... <laughs> there are positives between <laughs> us. This is like waiting for Godot. A little bit between <laughs> us, we have we've, we've let's, watched. Let's ponder more yeah. on our eventual death. <laughs> we could we could talk about the heat death of the of the universe, and then nothing nothing will survive after well, that. Well, when they well, this life is, is futile. Leo, this is a story about death. This is not like we're interjecting it into something happy, like yeah. terrorism. Well, look, yeah. it is an interesting one to debate. That story will run and run. Let's go to AI now. Much more cheery story in the Daily Mail. Artificial intelligence is potentially racist. This is a lot more fun. We've got racist robots now, so uh, we don't really. Basically, this is uh, they say Robocop may be getting a 21st century reboot as an algorithm has been found to predict future crime a week in advance with 90% accuracy. 
But uh, they've got this AI tool that forecasts crime by learning patterns in crime and the geographic locations uh, of violent and property offences. Um, but like they say, it's been proven controversial as the model doesn't account for systemic biases in police enforcement and its complex relationship with crime in society. I'd say it's controversial. And bear in mind, I used to be a criminal intelligence analyst. This was my bread and butter for about mm. 10 years. It's controversial because it doesn't predict anything. They're, like, they're taking blocks of a city that are 1,000 feet by 1,000 feet, and they're predicting right. crimes happening in that block. I'm sorry, but that's not, that's not yeah. a laser-guided cruise missile. You're not going to be able to like pinpoint, oh, we need to send the police to this thousand foot square block. That's, that's an absolute nonsense. And it's only to, to plus and minus one day. So yeah, this is, uh, they, they, they're predicting nothing. It, like, oh, crime happens in a city, it's gonna happen in a city next week. Like, we've known that for years. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is just, uh, just nothing, really. They, they've known it for years. I remember Rudy Giuliani's uh, police chief, Benjamin Bratton, this is what he became famous on. He was born very young. And, yeah, uh, 30. Uh, born very old and died very young. What, Benjamin Bratton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh, I see. Oh, was, I see. He, he, he got younger as he got older. No, Bill Bratton. Sorry. Everything I say needs to be fact checked. But uh, Bill Bratton, sorry. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. The you curious case of Lee Schaefer. <laughs> Thank you for listening to me. I love this guy. He's like listening. And you too, Mark. Yeah, you um, know you're in trouble when Leo Kurse is your fact checker. <laughs> what, what do you mean? He's making stuff up? Is that what you're saying about my friend Lee? Uh, yeah, it's, it, let's just say it's the blind leading the blind. But the point is, he misses the point. The point is, if you have a block where there are criminals doing criminal things one week. Probably next week, they're going to be doing criminal, yeah. criminal things. By the way, can we briefly touch on, you mentioned Giuliani, because uh, many people think of him latterly as top lawyer and advisor to Donald Trump. Yes. But back in the day, he, he, he was actually a heroic national figure in America, wasn't he? Uh, not just with his uh, dignified handling of the 9-11 attacks, but his amazing success at tackling crime in New York. Yeah, we brought a lot. Sorry, I was. Yeah. you were going to say no, something. No, no, well, we brought a lot of the methodologies over here. I was I was working uh, in in London in, in crime reduction when uh, we brought over uh, broken windows theory, problem solving policing, and these are incredibly effective, really uh, cost effective. Uh, ways of tackling crime, because crime is always treated as a police issue. So you just send people in yellow jackets and they arrest people. But actually the best way of tackling crime is often uh, environmental. So changing street lighting or changing, uh, changing sight lines or uh, you know, even changing, changing bus routes can, can make an impact and get people out of an area quicker so you don't get uh, violence after nightclubs shut, for example. What was the broken window philosophy? So, zero tolerance to small crimes. Yeah, basically. So uh, Lewis will know this as well as a new New York residence. But if there were broken windows and graffiti and, you know, the place looked like a state, people would feel empowered. Most crime is opportunistic. Most crime is just uh, somebody is in, in, an, in a situation and they feel that they can commit a crime. So if you change the situation, uh, then people feel, potential criminals feel that they can't, you know, steal that handbag or mug that person or, or whatever it is. Uh, so if you, if you tidy up all the broken windows, you, you solve the crime. Uh, Lewis, America's great cities, Seattle, California, that's not California, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Washington, they could do with some Giuliani-style tough love at the moment because Americans, uh, America's cities have become lawless, haven't they? Yeah, well, there's that, that old saying, the, uh, the old Isaac Bashevis singer, this is an obscure literature reference, he, he wrote, wrote a story about these people who lived in this stupid town and there was a road outside the town where people, the carts were falling off in, in Poland, were falling, Jewish town, were falling off into the, um, into the valley and dying into, off the cliff. So they said they put up a fence 
we're going to put up a fence to stop people. And after a year, no carts had fallen down and no one had died. So I thought, the fence has been a success. We don't need it anymore. And that's what's happening in American cities, is all the things that Giuliani did, they think they don't need to do anything. They took it for granted and yes. they dropped the ball. And they dropped the ball. Mm. Yeah. He's a great man. Yeah. Turns out maybe defunding the police isn't so successful yeah, after yeah. all. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew, Leo yeah. well, And we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of left-wing uh, you know, uh, mayors and things like that being replaced in, uh, in um, American cities because they're not doing the job on crime. Yeah, right. too right. Was my story, was that too long, do you think? I don't think it was long enough. <laughs> I, I thought there would be singing at the end, I've got to say. <laughs> I didn't give enough detail. Isaac Bashev is saying it's a Yiddish short, short yes, 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 yes. We, we enjoyed these. Uh, we enjoyed these little tales. Plenty more of those to come. Um, let's hit The Guardian now and Fury from Manchester. But what's got people so angry, Lewis? Oh, my God. This is one of the saddest stories I've ever read because I am a father. And here are these kids who got involved in some gang, gang stuff with each other. And... Uh, and one of the, their, one of their best friend died, mm. and they were, and they ran away. And they, I think, one of the reasons they ran away because they weren't super criminal types. They were guys who were going to school to study accounting and law. They were like regular, and they were like, you know, this is next generation. These are kids who need respect, and um, they decided to. They were talking about what they should do with their friend, yeah. who who died, and they got, and they were on Telegram, which is like. In, not Instagram, it's like a messenger system, yeah. and WhatsApp. And they decided, they were saying, we're going to reap, reap revenge. They didn't go ahead and reap revenge. Reap? Yeah, reap. Reap revenge, yeah. or go get revenge against, yeah. the, against that against those guy. They might have done it, but they, they, didn't, they hadn't done it. And the police arrested him, put him in jail for eight years. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. A, a really, really sad story indeed. Well, let's see if we can squeeze one or two in before the break. The Times now... And it's not just exam scores at Oxford, but diversity as well, Leo. Yes, yeah, so the Information Commissioner uh, says there's an unusually strong public interest in knowing what advice Stonewall <laughs> gave to Oxford University. So Stonewall, uh, obviously, they're an LGBT uh, charity that do this uh, diversity index. And it's, it's basically like a sort of mafia shakedown, like a protection racket. Mm. So they go into a university and they say, listen, we're, we're going to score you down on this diversity index unless you give us a bunch of money. And then the university gives them a bunch of money and they say, look, you could make it more LGBTQIA2S++ friendly if you, you know, call tampons you know, non-gender pineapples or whatever, you know, whatever nonsense, whatever gender woo-woo they're, they're going for. And, uh, and then the, the university does it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We, wouldn't, we still want to be able to place adverts in The Guardian. And then Stonewall, you know, raise their, their score up. So, uh, yeah, it's the Workplace Equality Index. But this is, you know, so we've got this organisation, Stonewall, that has, you know, a huge amount of influence over public institutions, universities, um, corporations as well. They're all paying a lot of money for this Diversity Champions programme. And so we need, to, we need to know what they're saying. But the university is refusing to reveal what advice it was given, citing, uh, you know, commercial conf confidentiality, which is a complete nonsense. I mean, it's not commercial. It's a, it's a charity giving advice. Yes, and these are public institutions which yeah. influence our culture and our society. And I think that this uh, particular uh, idea of, of, of Stonewall, I mean, it's discredited. The BBC, for example, have ended this programme or their yeah. participation in. 
Yeah, and public yeah. sector organisations have been advised by the government to cut ties with Stonewall. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Stonewall is, uh, you know, it's very controversial. It's pushing a particular ideology. Uh, it, it doesn't allow scrutiny over the advice that it, that it gives to, the, to these organisations. But this is not, the, this is not the, the, the bad part about this. The <laughs> fact that there is an information commission, <laughs> which I assume is part of the, is part of the state, yeah. So the yeah. state, and I assume Oxford University, which has been around since since 1202 or something like that, yeah. has is an independent organization. So here's, here's the state demanding information from a private university. That's well, yeah. I mean, it's it's partly funded by taxpayers, and it's under under yeah. the kind of legal auspices of the British government. Mm. You know, so uh, they're not. It's not exactly just a pure but private. But everything firm. in this country is pr funded by the by the government, it's either owned by the government, the land's owned by the queen, it's, there's always something, something involved. This is, this t to me, we, whatever Stonewall is, it's their business. Oxford business being the Oxford, uh, oh, oh, sorry, but business being the operative word. Uh, very briefly, uh, no. let's talk about the independent and long ad breaks, Lewis. Well, this is like a non-news item also. This is, I mean, it's like because you're getting stuff from the mainstream media. Like, this is them. It's a big news item. The fact is no one watches TV. I'm 65 <laughs> years old. I don't watch Well, our, our audience is growing healthily, but... but what on is TV. What on is the story? What is the story, yeah. though? What exactly are, are they saying? They're basically saying that uh, Ofcom is, wants to give the, the private broadcasters the ability to put more ads... Not the semi, whatever the whatever Channel Five, which is not, and ITV I and and Channel Four and Channel Four, uh, the ability to put in more minutes, up to s ten minutes. I don't think that would be good because I mean I I like American TV, but the bad aspect of it is all of the ad breaks. Oh, it's mad! Yeah. You get like adverts after after the show, so you don't even know the show's finished, and then they show the ad, the the credits, and then there's yeah. more adverts. Yeah, and it's like whoa! I sat through those adverts just to watch credits. Yeah, yeah. Now, like no wonder there's so much gun violence. It is it is horrible the TV in America, but it is horrible. I, I, I had a check. I said it's like between 12 and 17 minutes every hour. I'm Mark Dolan, and in the company tonight of the brilliant comedians Lewis Schaefer, who is just uh, texting someone there on dry Tinder, and Leo Curse. A man who doesn't need love. He's got a beautiful wife and a baby on the way. Look at that. Mm. And he's rocking a great yellow T-shirt as well. Well, he's rocking some opinions too. And let's get to the Daily Mail. And people are offended over words now, especially in Scrabble. Yes, yeah, so competitive Scrabble players are mm. quitting the game in protest amid bitter spats after hundreds of offensive words have been banned from Scrabble. So uh, Scrabble's owner Mattel said it made the change to make Scrabble more relevant culturally amid the global unrest that followed uh, the, the death of George Floyd. Because of course the, the death of George Floyd, uh, he, he died in a Scrabble match that got out of hand. So uh, that, that triggered uh, all, the, all those riots. But some of the words they've banned, I mean obviously some of them I can't say on uh, this show, but Hicksville. They've banned Hicksville, which mm. is, you know, a sort of backwater town. Uh, they've, they've so that would be a bit like calling someone a chav. Is it equivalent to that? Slightly, yeah, yeah. An like offensive you, term for, for a poor population. Like, like saying, actually... oh, Leo, you, live, you come from rural Scotland, something like that, you know? Uh, yeah, but there is, just, let me just say this, there is a place called Hicksville, and that's where uh, Billy, Joel, Billy Joel came from. Really? Hicksville, yeah. 
There is, is that, an actual is that true? place. That, is it in the state look, of New York? It's on Long Island, yeah. Right, yeah. It's near where I grew up. And yeah, you, and there's... You, you, were, you come from the posh bit, don't you? I come from the, the medium posh bit. You, yeah. you got breeding, haven't you? No, the town was doing very well. We were the poorest <laughs> Jews in the entire town. Please don't bring it up, it's painful. There's also Greybeard, so that's a derogatory term for an old person, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Jesuitic, which is a member of an order of priests founded in 1534 to do missionary work. I don't know why that's been banned. So people are, people are uh, angry. I mean, obviously there's uh, situations where you can't use these words, but they've been used. So they're in the dictionary, or they certainly used to be. And uh, so we can't uninvent these words. These people are saying so they're they're quitting Scrabble. They're they're going to hungry hippos. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, and guess who? That would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know what's interesting is you missed the point about this one is the reason why people are so upset is not because they can't use these words. They don't care about these words. But these nerds who play Scrabble, <laughs> and I don't want to offend them. They spend all day long memorizing this book yeah. of what is a legitimate and they remember it's called the dictionary. It's called and so now they've got to sit there and say, I can't use that, which basically makes them as good as any other player out there, which takes away their competitive But I edge. think this is horrific because this is more censorship, isn't it, uh, you know, Lewis? Um, and you're, you're both creative men and words are your tools. Don't you think it's terrible that, that it's that being taken yeah. away from Scrabble players now to select certain words, just as comedians can't make certain jokes and song lyricists can't write certain lines? No. It's not progress, no. is it? No, no. Because I think it's a disgrace. Day, at the end of the day, when they ban a word, people remember that word. Nobody remembers. People are now, now I'm going to remember Jesuitic, whatever, you know. I'm, I'm going to say Jesuitic. Yeah. listening now for the rest of the show. I just can't believe it was banned. Like, what, Jesuitic. It's literally a word that describes a type of priest. Yeah. Okay, well, more from um, the grey beard that is Lewis Schaefer and all the way from Hicksville, yeah. Leo Curse. The Telegraph now and the creators of a massive 90s show are apologising. Oh, this I found absolutely hysterical. You know, it's like, it's like you know, it's like this, these people are woke, but at least they're losing their money. Right. Is that the Friends creator, this Marta Kaufman, okay, she gave £4,000 to a Jewish university, which is Brandeis University, to set up an African-American, an African and African-American studies department. Okay, to support African and African American. By the way, four million dollars. I think you said four thousand dollars. Four million. Okay, thank you for listening. God. This is inflation. Appreciate. It. Yeah. yeah, thank you for listening because she was embarrassed by the whiteness of the show Friends. She was embarrassed. Right now, this irritates me because yeah. this is a white comedy writer who makes millions from a hit show, yeah. and then decides after the fact, having banked yeah. all that money, uh, that actually it was a bad thing. Yeah, I don't remember anybody at the time saying we need more black characters. It was, I, I don't think black people wanted to be in that because those people were such losers. <laughs> they were, you know, it was such a, dis I didn't even watch it. Those people are living in this house. They're not married. They've got no yeah. love. They're living in like a shared accommodations in the middle of New York City. It was sad. And we, as white people, maybe we have a right to ask for the author's who, who created um, the Jeffersons or the Cosby Show or uh, Porky and Bess to apologize for not having any white characters in oh, those. It's definitely the worst thing that Bill Cosby did. Yeah. But I'm just disappointed, like, she gave the money to this university and stuff instead of giving it to, to BLM. At least BLM would have had some fun with it. 
You know what I mean? Right. Bought a couple of mansions. Bought a few mansions, yeah. had some parties, you know, siphoned some away to their to their baby daddies and all the rest of yeah. it, which is what they did with the with the money. I think they got sixty-four million dollars, and you know, it was chartered flights. Yeah. And uh, and brothers and sisters getting getting money, like actual brothers and sisters. I'm not using seventies vernacular. Yeah, but nah. you're totally, you're right because when the money goes to a university, it, most of the money goes to basically pay for the building that it's in, which supports the other white people that are there. So there's probably only yeah. there's only one guy who's got a job there. Uh, another, uh, Leo, empty and worthless apology from a white person uh, apologizing for a show that I mean the, the the bottom line with with Friends is that if you are the creator of Friends, you'll say, look, if we did it today, it would probably have a different makeup, but it's of its time. Yeah. For these people to bank the money and then apologize later, I find wretched double standards. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, at the time it wasn't considered offensive or bad. So yeah, why why we did? <laughs> I think she just wants to. She just wants to look good. Also, who'd feel that bad? Like you made a TV show. It was nice. It was it had a good heart. It wasn't an evil. It wasn't a rampaging white supremacist. You know, like, <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a fistoon with swastikas. It was friends. It what was, no, it was no slavery. I, 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 I don't know. Chandler was uh, Chandler was pretty right wing, wasn't he? Anyway, let's move on. Um, the Independent next, and has Pride become too commercial, Leo? Well, Peter Tatchell, who I think was involved in organising uh, the first Pride events, uh, he says that Pride has become too corporate and commercial. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't say. I mean, like, you, can't, you can't move uh, without a corporation slapping you in the face with a rainbow-coloured fish. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, he should, uh, maybe he should try Pride in Saudi Arabia. I think that's yeah. not, not commercialised yet. Um, but yeah, there, there are, I mean, every company, you know, in, in the holy Pride Month of June uh, gets on board. The, the US Marine Corps did a Pride tweet. They had rainbow bullets. I'm not even joking. I'm assuming it was, it was Raytheon, another yeah. a military contractor, yeah. that supported Pride. Uh, Listerine uh, did a, brought a Pride bottle, which, to mm. be honest, Listerine would be good for getting rid of the... So does that mean the military goes woke? <laughs> does it mean they only bomb LGBT? TQ plus people. I or? don't know if they if they deliver a questionnaire to to Iraqis or or Afghanistan or wherever they're bombing to to find out the sexual orientation and the pronouns of the people before they nuke their wedding. But uh, but it, it would be nice if that was the next step in their in their pride acceptance. A perennial theme of the show has been language and the policing thereof. How about this in the mirror, Leo, uh, with language in the supermarket that's got women baffled. Oh yeah, so uh, women are baffled by. Some words, but not because they're women. Uh, so Aldi and Asda have changed the name of their feminine hygiene products. Uh, I always thought feminine hygiene was quite a woke phrase. You know, they mean yeah. like tampons and stuff like that. Yeah. They should have a sign that says tampons, stuff like that. But uh, they've changed Tampon, it. Tampons, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you know, then you yeah. know where you're going. Like, I've been looking in the supermarket, looking around. Where, you know, where are the tampons? Feminine hygiene products, that just sounds like shower gel. But anyway, so, so women are complaining because uh, Aldi and Asda now refer to them as uh, period products. So, you know, but it's, it's not like the word feminine uh, stopped them, you know, stopped anybody buying what they needed. You know, you could always, you could be a, a trans man and go and buy tampons. It didn't stop you. It just yeah. told you where they were. It's not like you'd have to, you know, go and buy some links 
or something instead because that's marketed to men um, to, to wash your uh, vagina. But yeah, so yeah, people, women are angry about this. I don't think it's that big a deal, but I guess it is, you know, these, these creeping like a death by a thousand cuts. This well, creeping. It's like in the NHS with uh, birthing people rather yeah. than pregnant women, you know. But, it's, uh, it's supposedly harmless and innocuous, but th there's something, yeah. a subtle way of changing our society. But there are some women who, who don't have periods. And some trans the women, the women you date, for starters. Yeah. And you know something? All those girls on dry Tinder. I think, I think, I never saw any, I think women are into hygiene. They're like completely. And on that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that out of context. Let me tell you this. Yeah. If that's not a TikTok video, I don't know what is. <laughs> women are into hygiene. Right, um, look, we've only got time for one more. Uh, what should we do? Should we talk about pain in the metro, Leo? Is it a good news story? Yeah, this is a great news story. So scientists have invented a small, soft, flexible implant that relieves pain on demand uh, by releasing massive amounts of heroin. No, it uh, basically yeah. it squidges, it sits around the nerves and squidges them. So then the, the signals carrying the pain can't get from your severed foot. Well, I'm really pleased to hear that. Um, I wish we had longer because I've got more questions about feminine hygiene for Lewis Schaefer, <laughs> but the clock's against us. A mixed blessing, I think you'll agree. Thanks to the brilliant Leo Kurz and the truly marvellous, uh, the wonderful uh, Lewis Schaefer. Of course, we're back tomorrow with more Headliners. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.